Cross Civic. Thank you, Isaac, for the tunes, and thank you, uh, Venus, for leading and just announcing things for us. Really appreciate, uh, yeah, just this time with everyone. Uh, and yeah, if you are visiting, whether the first time or maybe a few more times, yeah, just thank you so much for coming along uh, in person or uh, online. So yes, as Venus said, we are um, going to spend the next month, right, really in the rest of this month, uh, just four uh, sermons in uh, cha- Matthew chapter 13. And so we'll get to see a range of uh, parables and uh, we'll see what God has to teach us through this. So... Uh, those of you who don't know me, yeah, I'm one of the pastors here at PCBC. Um, yeah, come say hi to me afterwards, and yeah, we'll get to know each other a little bit better. Uh, my family is on live stream as well, so I'll just wave to my kids just so they know that it's really me. Uh, right, let me um, do something a little bit different. I'd love to tell you uh, a story. Uh, so once upon a time, uh, there was a sower. Uh, no, not the guy with uh, a needle, but someone who uh, wore a hat possibly and, and maybe had a lot of seed in his hand. And he, look, the sower, he goes out to sow some seed on his farm. And some of the seed, it just goes everywhere, right? But some of it, some of it falls along the path. And you know what? That seed that falls along the path, it just sits there. And then about two minutes later... Uh, the birds come and they devour it for breakfast. And then some of the seed, uh, it falls into the soil, right? But this is a different kind of soil. This is a very shallow kind of soil. Initially, um, the seed grows quickly into a plant, okay? Looks pretty good. But because the soil was quite shallow, there's no depth of earth. And, and actually, suddenly the sun comes in it starts to shine on this, these plants and then they, they shrivel up and they, they die. Other seed, they, they fall into thorn bushes that had already been growing there and there's just not much space. There's a bit of competition for, for light and, and, and there's these, these seeds, they grow but there's, there's nowhere to go. It's all choked up and there's no way they can bear much fruit. But some fell on good soil, where they produce fruit a hundredfold, sixtyfold, thirtyfold. That's the parable of the sower, all right? A little bit of a, um, my, my spin on it. Um, hey, I, I love that parable. Uh, do you love that parable? Okay, I'm going to try this again. Okay, let's rewind. I'm going to try and retell, story tell the parable. I want you to take your Bibles out, though, because I want you to check uh, that what I'm saying is actually there. So I'll give you a moment. Take your Bibles out. Okay, um, I want you to look at it on your phone. We won't put it up because I want you to hear it but see it too. Okay, so I'll give you two, 10 more seconds. Look it up. Matthew chapter 13, and the parable itself starts from verse 3. And it goes like this. A farmer went out to sow some seed. And some seed, look, it fell on the path and, and the birds came in and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky soil and and look, they initially sprang up really quickly, but then because the ground was shallow, it did not have depth of earth and it did not take deep root. And then the sun comes out and then it all shrivels up and dries up. 
other seed fell in thorn bushes where they were just choked up and they were not able to bear much fruit. But some fell on good soil where they produced a crop a hundredfold, sixtyfold, thirtyfold. If you have ears to hear, you should hear this. All right, how's that? Out of, I don't want to rate it out of 10. Was it accurate? Accurate, yes? Not so? Did I add a bit? Okay. Well, it doesn't matter because now, number three, this is your turn, okay? I want you to turn to someone next to you, okay? And you've heard it twice now, right? So you should really know this parable. Turn to someone next to you, right? Don't be shy. Um, You can introduce yourself first. I want you to try and retell the parable of the sower uh, to the person next to you. All right, so introduce yourself if you haven't already. Um, Have a go. Don't peek into your Bibles. Try it. Try and tell the story of the sower. Have a go. Don't cheat. Have a go. Have a go. Just do it. Yeah. Risk it. Tell the parable. If you get stuck, maybe your friend can help you out. Nice, I'm hearing it going. That's good. Yeah, you can do this at home too, on live stream. All right, not too bad, not too bad. Okay. Uh, Yeah, I hope you could hear the parable of the soul as you told it to each other. Um, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. All right, now that we've heard this parable, shall we pray and ask God to speak to us? Father, these stories, they're simple but deep. They're interesting but challenging. So do help us, not just today, but the rest of this month, as we journey through Matthew 13, to have ears to hear what you have to say to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, Well done, team. Uh, This kind of storytelling, right, uh, we've been practicing is actually what used to happen all the time, right? Uh, This is one version of the parable of the soul that we have recorded in Matthew chapter 13. And most of us will have journeyed through Matthew's gospel uh, since chapter 1, right? Uh, We we started it kind of sometime last year or the year before. And now here in chapter 13, where we're going to spend the next few weeks, this is the first time in the Gospel of Matthew we hear a parable. Now, the word parable actually um, has no real helpful meaning for us, okay? It's kind of like if you told me a Cantonese word and I just spelled it out for you in English. uh, That's exactly what we have. Parable, it's actually just a Greek word. And what does it mean, you might ask? Well, the simplest way to explain what a parable is is this. A parables are stories or sayings with a point. A parables are stories or sayings with a point. I wonder if you know the story uh, in uh, Luke chapter 4. Uh, Jesus is preaching to his hometown synagogue, 
And then he quotes a three-word saying. He talks about how, hey, physician, heal yourself. Um, Luke calls that a parable. So it can be as short as something like that. Uh, or it could be a really long story. There was one time uh, people were expecting God's kingdom to appear immediately. And in response, Jesus tells a rather long story about a ten servants waiting for their master to return and, and how they should invest their, t- their talents. He, he, um, he calls that a parable too. And so the, really the broad meaning, if you want to ask or if your friend asks, what is a parable? What are you looking at this month? A parable is a story or saying with a point. And stories with a point are not unique to Jesus' culture, right? Uh, we tell stories all the time to make a point. Uh, who has heard of the story of the boy who cried wolf? Yeah, okay. A story with a point. Or maybe if you come from a more Asian background, um, maybe you've heard a relative kind of quote to you a four-line poem or um, four-line thing, proverb, or maybe a story about uh, someone who didn't do something right and you should follow that instruction or that warning. Right? These are stories of the point. These are parables. Even when Neo sacrifices his life to save the Matrix right, in the original trilogy, uh, perhaps that's a 21st century uh, parable as well, a story with a point. They come in all shapes and sizes and, and all cultures uh, and times. And now when Jesus taught uh, this particular parable many, many years ago, You see, it was in front of a large crowd of onlookers. You see that, right, in verses 1 to 2 of that chapter in your Bibles. Uh, And they were standing on the shore. Uh, What was uh, once off, uh, some of us, you know, out at Shelley Beach, right, standing on the shore, um, wondering what's going on, whether the tide will keep going out. Look, this happened all the time, um, outdoor preaching in Jesus' public ministry, right? If he didn't get permission to teach inside a synagogue, he'd just take it to the streets. He taught outside, wherever he could. Do you remember chapter 5 to 7 of Matthew's Gospel? It was a sermon on the mount. That's right. As Jesus then went from town to town, he was teaching outside. As he walked through the grain fields, Matthew 12, he, he would teach anywhere he could. And among the crowd at the lakeside, here in chapter 13, uh, were some of his disciples. And as soon as they hear this parable, verse 10 says, the disciples came to him and asked, why do you speak to the people in parables? Recall how Jesus' preaching ministry has looked like so far, right? If, If you were to summarize what Jesus was like as a preacher, how would you describe it? Well, Maybe we go back to his very first words in his first proclamation, Matthew 4, 17, where he says, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. And then next chapter, he stands on a mountain and he teaches his followers what life in this kingdom of heaven looks like, right? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And then later on, as we heard last um, year through 8 to 12 of um, Matthew, we walked with Jesus, didn't we? As he demonstrated what the kingdom of heaven looked like. He would, he, would, he would show them that the kingdom of heaven looks like the lame walking, the leper cleansed, the dead raised to life, physically, spiritually. So you see, all throughout Matthew's gospel so far, there was that pattern, Right? Jesus announced the kingdom of heaven. He's taught about it, 
about life on this kingdom of heaven. He's shown what it looks like, the goodness and power of this different kingdom. And so imagine you've heard all this, and now there's a crowd gathered, really eager, okay? This is not just any normal crowd, it's a big crowd. And they want this kingdom to start right now. And then Jesus tells a story from the farm. What's up with that? If you've been um, sleeping rough, maybe tenting, camping, trying to follow Jesus wherever he goes all this time, if you're one of his disciples, you would be confused too, I think. Hang on, Rabbi. Look, we've got a crowd now. Now's our moment. Can we start this kingdom already? Why do you speak to them in parables now? Why make it so confusing? So we need to answer this question uh, that they posed in order to understand these stories over the summer. Uh, Otherwise, it'll just go past us, or even worse, we'll put our own spin uh, on these parables. We need to know why Jesus uses these parables for them and for us. And you know what? Thankfully, Matthew records for us here two reasons. Uh, Look with me, uh, verses 11 to 12. He replied, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. This is why I speak to them in parables. Did you notice when he starts explaining why? He he uses the word given, right? Twice. The repetition, I think, is is deliberate. It's intentional. For those of you here who are Christians, if you know the good news of Jesus, you know that it was given to you. It was a gift, free and undeserved, as we've been singing. You did not earn it. And so I think the first reason Jesus teaches in parables is to reveal those who have genuinely been given God's grace. To reveal who have genuinely been given God's grace. So we've said already that the phrase, the kingdom of heaven, has gotten a lot of airtime so far, right? In Matthew's gospel, no surprise. But here he says this phrase again, right? Did you notice that? The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you. I mean, it sounds a little bit spooky, right? Um, Knowledge, secrets. Um, What's Jesus trying to get at here? I want you not to be thrown off by the word secret here, though. All right? Uh, Secret here in my translation, this is the NIV in front of me, it's it's just a translation, right? Uh, The original word um, is the Greek word mysterion. Does anyone remember talking or thinking about this word mystery or mysterion before? Yeah? Any, any guesses which book we, we looked at it in? Just call it out. Don't be scared. Ephesians, that's right. Yeah, Ephesians. We looked at it uh, even a few weeks ago, actually. Do you remember Ephesians 3, chapter, uh, chapter 3, verse 6 said this, uh, this mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members of one body, sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. In the Bible, the mystery, a mystery is something that was once hidden but now revealed to everyone. The mystery of the gospel is something hidden before but now revealed in Jesus. And so likewise, right, same word here, when Jesus talks about the mystery of the kingdom of heaven, 
This cannot be some kind of exclusive secret knowledge that you need to kind of do months of secret study to get to. It cannot be, because that's not what the context is. No, the kingdom of heaven is, is an open secret. It's like KFC's secret recipe, right? You can Google it and, and try it yourself. It's a happy surprise. It's hidden but now revealed to all. That's, that's the mystery of the kingdom of heaven. So remember that. But then you might still ask, why does, why does he, Jesus then still say it? This knowledge has been given to his disciples and not to the crowd, right? Why is it still, in a sense, kind of a mystery to some people? Well, this is what Jesus addresses as the second reason for giving the parables, right? This is another, the second reason why Jesus speaks in parables we see in verses 13 onwards. Have a read of it with me. I'll read it from verse 13. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. And them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You'll be ever hearing but never understanding. You'll be ever seeing but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn. I would heal them. So why parables? Right? First, to show who are true followers, who have truly been given God's grace. But secondly, also to reveal those who have sadly hardened their hearts to heaven's kingdom. It's another use of these parables. It really shows who would not care about Jesus' kingdom at all. What Isaiah foretells here, right? this quote, this prophecy, hundreds of years ago, it comes to fulfillment when Jesus preaches at the beach. Crowds of people come and hear God's Messiah, has the promised king, speak, and yet they misunderstand him. They reject him. They see him, yet don't truly see him. I mean, why didn't Jesus just give a four-point gospel presentation, right? Simple, direct. Um, come on, Jesus, why didn't you just say it out straight? God is good. We're broken. Jesus, me, saves. Repent and believe. Imagine if Jesus just did that, right? Matthew 13. Then we wouldn't be worrying about parables. Wouldn't that be nice? Though? Clear logic, a direct invitation. But he chooses stories. And stories, they work at a deeper level in us, don't they? They take time and effort to even tell each other, right? To even know what's going on. To draw the connections we have to step into the sower's shoes. We have to be willing to imagine what it's like, where the seed falls, run the scenario in our heads over and over again. And Jesus says, if you do that, if you're willing to do that and work it out, those who genuinely see and hear these parables, verse 16, it says, blessed are your eyes. Blessed are your ears because they hear. And it's the same with us today. We may not be where Jesus was, but if we won't even engage in a story about God's kingdom, if in our minds we are already on Twitter, on Insta, on whatever is capturing our hearts right now, it doesn't matter if we explain the parable or describe life in it. 
doesn't matter if Jesus shows the power of his kingdom. You're still in don't know, don't care mode, right? But don't blame God. The Bible says it clearly. It's your hardness of heart that is blocking you right now from the kingdom of heaven. So how do you hear, honestly? If you're here, have you dulled your heart to God's goodness and his grace? Have you shut yourself off from his living water? Then perhaps these kingdom stories over the summer are just what you need for Jesus to reveal your heart. I mean, look at verse 17 too, right? This is a fascinating point that you know, I was thinking about. It says here, For I tell you the truth, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see it. And to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Think about that verse. So many people longed to be in that crowd, to see God's promised king in the flesh, but never got to. But if you can read English or whatever translation you've got in front of you, if you can hear this eyewitness account from Matthew and understand it, you are blessed. If you see this and you see Jesus, the true prophet, the true teacher, your king, you are blessed. You see, you truly hear. So how you, do you hear? That's the question. Do you hear with hard hearts like many in the crowd that day? Or will you be like the disciples? You may have questions. Why do, they, why do you speak in parables? That's honest. That's genuine. That's prepared to receive God's grace. And what does Jesus say back to his disciples? Well, look, he says, my stories will point out who truly gets God's grace, and my stories will point out who have hearts of stone. And it's after explaining the why did you notice that Jesus actually, he gives us the answer, right, to this parable, verse 18 onwards. So let's hear it together, right? Verse 18. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The one who received the seed that fell on rocky places is, is the person who, who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no roots, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. The one who received the seed that fell among the thorns is the person who hears the word. But the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it, making it unfruitful. But the one who received the seed that fell on good soil is the person who hears the word, understands it. He produces a crop yielding a hundred, sixty or thirty times what was sown. This is the word of the Lord. And it's great when uh, Jesus explains his own teachings, right? Um, so I, I, I lucked in, so my parables here, I get the explanation. Not everyone uh, will get that through the course of this month, but uh, we're grateful. And did you notice that while Jesus calls it, right, verse 18, the parable of the sower, who does the explanation 
focus on? Or what does it focus on most? Was it the sower? It's more the soils, right? The soils and how they correspond to different hearts. Did you notice that? And so I think we can summarize that Jesus' explanation is really about the soils of the heart. And so I want to help us understand this parable, just like with Jesus, by, by explaining three things that we can take away from Jesus' explanation. Um, three things. And I've adapted these three um, points, these three uh, reflections from uh, Craig Blomberg. He's a Bible scholar. He's a parables nerd. Um, and so it's good to listen from him uh, as well. The first point from Jesus' explanation is just a general observation, right? Uh, like the sower, God spreads his word widely among all kinds of people. Like the sower, God, when he spreads his word, it goes everywhere. Did you ever wonder in the story, you know, why didn't he just have better aim, you know, and throw the seed in, in a better way? God doesn't work that way. He spreads his word widely. You see, in this parable, the sower doesn't go, oh, I need to be strategic. Uh, traditionally, right, uh, when, um, in the agricultural culture of their time, uh, you, you plow the field, okay, you dig it up with a, a tool, you then walk up and down the rows that you've dug up, and you scatter the seed, right? You just throw it in. But in this parable, none of that's mentioned, okay? No mention of where to plow it, or growth charts, or, or KPIs, or, or yield maximization procedures, I don't know, or aquaponics, or whatever. He just sows as he goes. That simple. And we've seen this play out, haven't we, already, in, in Matthew's Gospel. Think about it. Think of everyone who has encountered, has had an encounter with Jesus already. That's everyone. From a high-ranking centurion to a paralyzed man, to a bleeding woman, to a grieving father, Jews and Gentiles, rich and poor. Jesus, he does not discriminate as he sows the word, right? So what does this parable tell us about heaven's kingdom? It's a place of justice, of peace for all kinds of people. Not just the select, not just the strategic, not just the ones who got into a certain school or have a certain GPA or have a certain bank balance. The kingdom of heaven is like a free banquet for the entire community, like a sower who sows widely. Isn't that amazing? Isn't it amazing? God did not reveal his Messiah to a very secret club, nor did he unveil Jesus only to Asian people or to Maori people or to African people. No, God spreads his word widely to all kinds of people. So how about us? I mean, uh, before um, kind of Christmas, I, I had to sit down with the pastor, and he once shared, actually, he shared he once actually had to leave his own church because some new Christians were not allowed to join the church. And then when asked, well, why not? And they didn't speak Chinese. May this never be at PCBC English. But it might not be that. May this never be for... Oh, they're not bougie enough, or oh, they don't live around here, or oh, yeah, they're a little bit not out of my comfort zone. So widely. So widely, friends. And look, it's not wrong to have a focus, right? Okay? Uh, remember Matthew 10, right? On that particular mission, 
He sent them off to specifically Jewish families, right? House to house, to the lost sheep of Israel. But PCBC English, do we follow the sower? Do we sow widely? Think about it. Who would you invite to church next Sunday? Have you already blocked them off? Oh, yeah, that, yeah not, the, not our church, maybe another one. Or do you just sow? Because the sower does. It's not a policy issue. It's actually a heart issue, isn't it? Do we have the sower's heart? Jesus wants all his followers to have his heart, to share the gospel widely, to hear and see, right? So they can hear and see what heaven's kingdom is like. Right? First uh, reflection. Second reflection, right? A second point from the parable of the sower, I think is this. Like most of the soils, we see this in, in Jesus' own explanation. Like most of the soils, there will be a mixed response to his word, short of, you know, bearing fr- good fruit. We see this, don't we? Uh, before um, I went into full-time ministry, um, I worked in the medical kind of advertising industry. So I was kind of like a copywriter for doctors and nurses, um, drug companies. Uh, so the company I used to work for, we used to speak of people, uh, doctors and our audience in terms of conversions, you know, and, and personas and uh, have we retained them and do we, have we reached the right people? We group them, uh, actually, sometimes we group these doctors who we're trying to influence with our advertising into categories, right? Doctors were either strongly opposed or hesitant or neutral or warm, or they were like key opinion leaders. We've got to really give them lots of our time and attention, get them to speak at our conferences. I think we miss the point, though, if we read the parable of the soul this way. Okay? I think we miss the point if we use this parable as kind of like a, a tool. Is, is this person hard? Is this person unfruitful? Is this person whatever? Because Jesus doesn't point that out, does he? Remember who Jesus is talking to. He's not talking to the crowds. He's talking to the disciples, the ones who are actually joining him in the sowing. And they are confused and maybe discouraged about several things. Not least, why isn't the kingdom of heaven here yet? Why doesn't everyone accept when we tell them about you, Jesus? Why is it so hard? Why do I feel discouraged? Why am I about to give up? You see, some of you have prayed for years, haven't you? Right? For, for family members or friends to, to truly see the goodness of Jesus. I know I have. The conversation shrivels up whenever you talk about church or, or Jesus or God, and, and our heart breaks. Our heart breaks. And the gentle and lowly Jesus of Matthew's gospel, of the Bible, of God says, look, let's be real. I want to manage your expectations. Don't think of people this way. But let me just tell you, not everyone we preach to will accept the kingdom of heaven. Because some hearts are like thorn bushes, too caught up with bank balances, mortgages, careers, to go a different life, the worries of this age, Not a 21st century issue, a timeless issue. Some hearts, well, they're like shallow soil. They they seem super keen at the start. But then the pressure comes, whether it's from a family member, a boyfriend or girlfriend, friend groups that shatter, and then their faith shatters with it. Sometimes happens. And Jesus says some hearts don't even get a shot, it seems, right? Has this ever happened to you? You, you, For months you've been trying to chat with your coworker or friend, talking, chatting, 
And then finally you get your moment and then the phone rings or the boss calls you to a meeting. Or in my case a few weeks ago, a seagull squawks, you know, true story. Do we give up? No. We don't. Follow the sower. We just, we're just called to sow the seed freely. Know that there's a mixed response. But God is reviving hearts. Because we need this last point, right? This last point. Like the fruitful soil, there are going to be those who hear and understand with abundant faith. Like the fruitful soil, there will be those who hear and understand with abundant faith. You see, the crowds that first heard this parable, everyone among them, they thought they were God's people, okay? We got the heritage, we got the nice temple built, we got all our godly heroes and influences. We're okay, right? We're in, we're in the in crowd already. That, that would be Jesus' audience, mostly thinking that, right? And this is something that the, the Pharisees, the, the other teachers of the law would perpetuate. This is the teaching, you are God's chosen. And then here comes a dusty rabbi from, from a backwater town like Nazareth called Jesus, and he tells stories about a different kingdom. And then when he tells it, people are like, is this it? Is this really it? Are you trying to sell us this? No surprise that in some of the other gospels, there comes a point when the crowds actually desert Jesus, don't they? Disciples, followers leave him by the droves. But don't be caught up with appearances, and don't be discouraged by failure, friends. Jesus assures us there's going to be seed that falls on good soil, that bears much fruit. So keep sowing. Keep sowing. Keep sowing. Let's hear this parable one last time. Would you hear it with me? A farmer went out to sow his seed As he was scattering the seed, some fell upon the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it didn't have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow, but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no roots. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants, but still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Those who have ears, let them hear. So how will you hear? Well, the Bible's closed and your heart's already gone. Apart from your church family to encourage you, then you're going to be adrift from help and healing from worship and wisdom. Glued to your newsfeed this year, then you're going to be choked by culture, poisoned by the patterns of this passing world. But if this year, 2022, you and I beg God and till that soil of our hearts with the word, with prayer, with his people, through all the means of grace that God gives us, this gift with our eyes fixed on Jesus, the master storyteller, right, and our Lord and Savior, then the seed of heaven's kingdom will have space, will have soil to grow us, change us, transform us, bear fruit that brings blessing to this place, 
and beyond. Perhaps a hundred times or sixty times, doesn't matter. It's abundant and it's fruitful and it's what we want. So let's pray for that now. Father, we thank you for, you are the master storyteller. And so amidst our weariness of 2021, may the stories from Matthew 13 capture our imaginations, challenge our hearts, transform our thinking, and point us to Jesus. Would you help us to see that and to hear that, to believe that, and to trust in your Son? Uh, this summer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.